You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yes? Harry, this is Gloria, and I'm just in the mood to go for a long ride in the moonlight. Would you like to pick me up in about half an hour? Gee, I'm sorry, Gloria, but this is Tuesday night, and I wouldn't want to miss the Johnson Wax program with Silver McGee and Molly. <laughs> of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, B. Benaderet, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. The music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. wax polish regularly, know all about how your home grows lovelier with every application. But if you've yet to discover the beauty of wax polishing, you certainly have a most pleasant surprise coming. For example, you'll be really amazed at the shining new beauty of your floors when you first wax polish them with genuine Johnson's Wax. For the very first time, perhaps, you'll appreciate the real beauty of your dining room tabletop, because Johnson's Wax brings out its beautiful natural grain and gives it a lovely mellow polish. Your chairs and sideboard and bookcase suddenly gleam with a lustrous satiny dry sheen. Ornaments, leather articles, picture frames are richer looking. And when Johnson Wax Polished, your lovely things are wax protected against wear, dirt, and spill things. So for a lovelier home that's easy to keep lovely, get Johnson's Wax Paste Liquid or Cream. Modern man is so dependent on his radio and newspapers that if he misses an issue or a broadcast, he is apt to be dangerously uninformed. As you will see when we join Fibber McGee and Molly. McGee, I wish you'd get that radio put back together. I've already missed two installments of Heartbeats for Housewives. In Monday's broadcast of Who is Gladys Milkendrop? I'll have it assembled again in the Jiffy Kiddo. It only needed a minor adjustment. What minor adjustment? The tone signals were coming in six minutes early, according to my watch. <laughs> so I thought if I'd cut it back... Oh, my goodness. What's going on around here, anyway? There have been sirens going past here all afternoon. 
Is there a fire someplace? Those aren't fire engines. Those are police cars. Now, let me see. I think if I jump the ground wire past the grid leak, it might have a tendency to speed up the heterodyne. What do you think? <laughs> well, I don't know any more about it than you do, dearie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is sort of a pitiful little confession, come to think of it. <laughs> when it comes to radio, and we did... There goes another squad car, McGee. Mm-hmm. What do you suppose is going on? I'm uh, probably going down to Joe's grease spot to get the chief a hamburger. <laughs> Them guys love to tear down Oak Street with a siren screaming, screech up to a restaurant door with a brake smoking, run inside with drawn guns, and come out with a sack of sandwiches. <laughs> and then tell me to break it up. Three times last week they did that to me. There's one going the other way. Yeah. If that's a hamburger for the chief, he certainly likes it rare. <laughs> Probably sent him back for a slice of onion. I, oh, I don't see... Come in. Oh, hello there, Dr. Gamble. Hello, Molly. And how are you, dreamboat? Hi, skin grafter. Is it you, them throttle-happy cops have been chasing around the neighborhood? What are they after you for? Do you leave one of your hacksaws in a patient's tummy? <laughs> if you'd listen to your radio, corn cob, you'd know what's going on in the world. Or you can wait and read all about it in the evening paper. Molly will explain the big words to you. Yeah, but what is going on, Doctor? We couldn't listen to the radio because little Adam Splitter here. He had an idea for rewiring it. Rewiring it for what? No, no, don't tell me. I talk in my sleep and I don't want to bore myself with it. But do you mean to say you haven't heard about Bullets Brannigan breaking jail? What? Bullets Brannigan busted out of the pokey? My goodness, when, Doctor? A couple of hours ago. Ooh. He walked out of the county jail like it was made of jello. Oh. I always said that who's gal was strictly for comedy. You could pick your way out of that roach trap with a paperclip. Why, the bars are farther apart in there than they are in Kansas. <laughs> the contractor must have been Houdini's cousin. <laughs> this uh, Bullets Brannigan is a pretty desperate character, is he, Doctor? Desperate? She what? was talking to me. Why, that guy's quicker on a trigger than Roy Rogers. He shot his way out of more trouble than a Peoria pool shark. Ain't that so, Needle Nose? <laughs> yes, but I can't condemn the man too much. Had an unfortunate childhood. What you mean? His father practiced the cornet. Mm. <laughs> I hate to think of a criminal like that loose in our own neighborhood. It lowers real estate value. Well, don't worry about it. The whole police force is out after him. Ah, pata, them fallen arches couldn't catch a broken down hay wagon in a dead end street. I got a good notion to go down to police headquarters and show those mugs how to organize a manhunt. I drag out the throw net. Throw out a drag net, dearie. <laughs> I'd get out my old 12-gauge shotgun, and I'd drag that sheep cheap hoodle him into headquarters so fast... <laughs> well, what was that? That was a siren, sweetheart. Huh? The mating call of the squad car. Hmm. <laughs> Well, get your hat, McGee. I'll drop you off at police headquarters, and you can show those amateurs what it's all about. What? And leave my little wife alone at a time like this? You think I'm a coward? Well, I could go to the police station with you, McGee. It's my be... What? And leave our little home in a crisis like this? Why, I should be here defending our little nest against... Hey, Doc, where are you going? Any place else. Any time you start talking about getting your shotgun out, the handsome fellow walking rapidly away will be me. I've been duck hunting with you, and I figure I've been living on borrowed time ever since. Are you really careless with firearms, McGee? No, in the first place, my shotgun don't work. There's been a shell jammed into the breech of it for eight months. 
Perfectly harmless. Besides, I... Who's that? Who's that? Who's... Oh, let's see now. I don't know. It's a tall man in a dark overcoat oh. with his hand in his pocket. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, come in. Uh, no, no, wait. Too late, McGee. Hi, bud. Now, if that's a gun in your pocket, sir, don't bother to take it out. The only colt I've ever enjoyed looking at was Flicker. Well, I'm very sorry to disturb you, madam. I'm Sergeant Jeffries, plain clothes detail. Oh, I knew you were a flatty the minute I popped the peeper on you, Sarge. <laughs> my name's McGee. This is my wife, Mrs. McGee. How do you do, I'm sure? What can we do for you, Sergeant? We're looking for an escaped desperado, Mrs. McGee. Bullets Brannigan. Oh, did you think he might be in our house, Sergeant? No, madam. We have reason to believe he might be in the house across the street. <laughs> I'd like to stay here a while, if you don't mind, and keep an eye out your front window. Hey, now, wait a minute. Suppose he sees you. There's liable to be some shooting, ain't there? It's a distinct possibility, yes. I'll ask you to keep quiet about this. We don't want Brannigan to know I'm, uh, he's being watched. Well, whatever you say, Sergeant. Uh, would you care for a cup of tea? Why, uh... Yes, thank you. Uh, I'll come out and help you make it, Molly. <laughs> I'll stand behind the stove and tell you when it's boiling. <laughs> now, call me if you need me, Sergeant. I'll be right behind the stove. Billy Mills and the orchestra and Swamp Fire. Two, three, one, quick. Hello, Stokey. This is Bullets. Yeah, Bullets Brannigan. Look, I'm making like a copper with a couple of apple knockers here, see? As soon as it gets dark, have a car ready at Nasty Norton's. Yeah, I'll be... Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, here they come. Yes, Lieutenant. Certainly, Lieutenant. Yeah, I'll stay right on the job till it gets dark. Okay, Lieutenant. Well, just checking into headquarters, Mrs. McGee. That's nice. Now, you just make yourself comfortable, Sergeant... Uh... Sergeant, uh, what'd you say your name was? Rasmussen. You did not. You says Jeffries. Well, certainly. My name is, uh, Rasmussen P. Jeffries. <laughs> Why? Well, I just wondered, is all. The initials on your belt buckle are GB. Yeah, well, that belt buckle's a gift from the chief for good conduct. 
What's the GB stand for? Good boy. Oh, now, isn't that nice? Is that chair perfectly comfortable, Sergeant? Perfectly, thank you. <laughs> I used to have that chair rigged up with a couple of dry cell batteries, Sarge. <laughs> Give people a shock, you know, just for laughs. <laughs> used to call it the electric chair. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't get up, Sergeant. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> You're perspiring, Sarge. Too warm in here? Uh, no, it's uh, very comfortable, thanks. Hey, look, if you folks would like to go out to a movie or something, I'll... Uh... Keep an eye on things for you. Oh, no, thank you, Sergeant. No, no, I'd be afraid to stir out of the house till they catch that beast, Bullets Brannigan. Yeah, that rat. I'll bet he's as yellow as a canary. If I... Hey, point that gun some other way, will you, Sarge? From where I'm standing, it looks like the Holland Tunnel. Well, I hope you'll stay and have dinner with us, officer. Thank you, Mrs. McGee. If I don't catch sight of Brannigan by dark, I'll be on my way. Back to the... Hey. <laughs> Look at the sergeant, Molly. <laughs> Shaking like a leaf. <laughs> You sure are anxious to have a go at old Brannigan, ain't you, Sarge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sure am. Wait a minute. Stand right where we are, folks. Who is that? Oh, don't be silly. It's just a friend of ours, a Mrs. Carstairs. Yeah, her husband is the Carstairs that owns all the public utilities, Sarge. He's got more moo than a herd of Holsteins. You like Mrs. Carstairs, Sergeant. Come in. Hello, Millicent. So nice to see you. How do you do, my dear? Good day, Mr. McGee. Hi, Carsey. Uh, Mrs. Carstairs, this is uh, Sergeant Jeffries from police headquarters, a plain clothes man. Mrs. Carstairs? Good day, Sergeant. In these days of checkered sports coats, fawn-colored slacks, and atomic neckties, it's a distinct pleasure to meet a plain clothes man. <laughs> I and him are keeping an eye out for this Bullets Brannigan, Carsey. Oh, heavens, I do hope you catch him soon, Sergeant. My husband always keeps five or six thousand dollars in cash in the house, and our burglar alarm is out of order. The sergeant is writing it in his little book, Millicent. It's the big house, uh... <laughs> It's the big house up on the corner of Oak, Sergeant. Yeah. yeah. And he keeps the dough in a little safe behind the painting of Napoleon at Louisville. No, Waterloo, Mr. McGee. Waterloo, don't kid me, Karsty. Napoleon was never in Iowa in his life. Uh... I guess I know where that guy is. Now, uh, just a minute, Mr. McGee. Let me get this straight. I want the boys at headquarters to have this information. You say your husband keeps large sums of money in the house, Mrs. Carstairs? Oh, no, not large sums, Sergeant. A few thousand, more or less. For incidental expenses. Yes, uh, yes, in case he incidentally wants to buy a railroad or something. And it is kept in a wall safe behind the picture in the study, I presume. Yes, yes. Uh, Roebuck the butler will show you where it is. You'll be glad to meet Roebuck. He was a former pistol-shooting champion. The sergeant's putting his book away, Carsty. <laughs> Got all the information he needs, eh, Sarge? That's right. Yeah. Well, please call on us and see what can be done about our burglar alarm, will you, Sergeant? The minute this Brannigan business is over, madam, I shall give it my closest attention. Believe me. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, good day, Mrs. McGee. Goodbye, Millicent. Seen anything suspicious across the street yet, Sergeant? No, nothing yet, Mrs. McGee. Hey, Sarge, let me wear your detective badge a while, will you? Huh? Just for a little while. Oh, I don't... Well, I couldn't do that, McGee. Against regulations, you know. Now, be your age, dearie. Besides, you've got a badge of your own in your collar button box. Yeah, but there's no fun in just being a chicken inspector. <laughs> I want to see how it feels to be a real cop, like Jeffrey's here. How does it feel, Rasmussen? Well, it all depends right now. It feels very good because... Hello, folks. Get your hands up, mister. If you move, I'll shoot. Yes, and if you shoot, I move. Oh, brother, and they say my jokes are corny. <laughs> this isn't Bullets Brannigan, Sergeant. This is Harlow Wilcox. 
Mr. Wilcox, this is Sergeant Jeffries from the headquarters. Oh, oh, excuse me. Quite all right, Sergeant. But do I look like a crook? Crooks don't necessarily look like crooks these days, mister. Why, I might even be one myself. (laughs) (laughs) The Sergeant's keeping an eye out for Brannigan, Junior. We think he might be holed up in that house across the street. Well, I hope you nab him, fellas. Although, personally, I almost hate to see Brannigan caught. Is that so? Explain that, Mr. Wilcox. Sure. You heard those squad cars dashing around town all afternoon? Heard them? I haven't heard so much screaming since the Legion parade when a mouse ran across in front of the bagpipe band. (laughs) Well, you see, the longer those cars are out, the worse they'll look. That means they'll all have to be cleaned up. And our police force uses Johnson's car new. You uh, know about Johnson's car new, Sergeant? Oh, you soon will, Sergeant. Most marvelous treatment in the world for dingy-looking cars, my boy. And so simple to use. Apply it, let it dry, and wipe it off. And there, in nine words, you have the greatest beauty formula since Cleopatra fell into the olive oil. Yeah, but what's Brannigan... That's why I hope they delay finding Brannigan a while. I want those squad cars to get good and dirty. You just ask the boys at the station about car news, Sarge. It's spelled C-A-R-N-U. Thanks. I can hardly wait. You have to leave already, Miss Wilcox? Yes. The man who taught me salesmanship before I went to work for Johnson's always used to say, make your point and get out, son. What were you selling then, Waxy? Pencil sharpeners. So long now. visitors, don't you? Oh, just on Tuesday night, Sergeant. The rest of the week, it's very quiet around here. Don't you like people, Rasputin? I don't like too many people around when I'm, uh... Well, I can understand that, of course, but we never have any... Wait a minute. Who could this be? Why, it's, uh, Mr. Wimple, Sergeant. And who is Mr. Wimple? Oh, just a guy. He's harmless. His wife has always beaten the bejunior out of him. <laughs> he's the long worm that has no turning. Okay. Let him in. I was going to. Come in. Hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wimp. Hi, Wimp. Shake hands with Sergeant Jeffries, Wimp. He's on the Brannigan case. How are you? I'm very pleased to meet you, Sergeant. Maybe you know my wife, Mrs. Wimple. She teaches jujitsu to the police force. No, but I haven't been on the force very long. You look a little more bruised up than usual, Mr. Wimple. Has Sweetie Face been throwing her weight around? No, Mrs. McGee. She's been throwing my weight around. I was lying there on the couch, and she woke me up and said, Do you want to see how I can lift a 150-pound dumbbell, Wallace? And silly me, half awake, I said, Yes. And she picked me up and threw me across the room into the bookcase. My gosh, didn't that hurt, Wimp? <laughs> no, I guess I'm just lucky, Mr. McGee. I landed right on top of Mother Goose. That isn't how I got these bruises. Well, how did you get those, then? (laughs) So ridiculous, really. (laughs) Really was. Sweetie Face had a new hat, and she asked me how I liked it, and I said she looked as cute as a bug's ear. (laughs) What was the matter with that? Fairly flattering, I'd say, Wimp. I thought it was, too. But somebody had given her a microscope for her birthday, and she looked at a bug's ear through it, and... The next thing I knew, a doctor was asking me if I'd got the license number. <laughs> well, see you later, folks. I hope you catch that bad man. The King's Men sing Patience and Fortitude. Patience and Fortitude. Patience and Fortitude. Patience and Fortitude. And things will come your way. When lonely solitude 
sitter to come in and watch the youngsters. Sitter, huh? English or Irish? How should I know? Well, you found her, didn't you? What does she look like? Well, I don't know that it makes any difference, Mrs. McGee, but she's rather small, nice features, red hair. Red hair, eh? That's an Irish sitter, Latrice. We used to have one. You sure it's all right to leave the kids with her? Yes. What if the phone should ring or something? Why, she'd answer it, of course. 
Yes, you would, eh? <laughs> Knock it down and bark into it, huh? <laughs> Are you being amusing, McGee? Besides, I don't care if she doesn't stay inside all the time. I asked her to take the children out for a walk. <laughs> take them for a walk. <laughs> Heavenly days. Isn't that rather taking chances, Your Honor? What if she should suddenly start chasing a cat or something? <laughs> That's ridiculous. She wouldn't do any such stupid thing. Particularly if she's wearing high heels. <laughs> She is? Boy, I'd like to see that. How old is she? Mind your manners, McGee. Huh? You don't even know us. However, I'd say she was about, uh, 24. Hmm, that's a pretty ripe old age. Does she like to be petted, Your Honor? Well, I remember one evening we... Well, goodness sake, will you... Stop talking about her as if she was some kind of a dog. What do you mean, some kind of a dog? She's an Irish sitter. The one we used to have always slept at the foot of my bed. Used to wake me up sticking her cold nose in my face. Yeah. Now, just a minute, McGee. I think I only talk... hope she doesn't give your sister uh, children the fleas, Mr. Ranger. Uh, now, now let's stop this. You are evidently talking about a dog. Well, what are you talking about? A sitter. Well, that's much better than a pointer. <laughs> you had. Uh, how long was her tail? Oh, about so long, Patricia. So long, McGee. <laughs> hey, Mom. Yes? Did I see you slip Latrivia a note? Yes, you did. Well, what about I don't like anybody. I'll tell you one. Miss McGee, I'm Officer Leslie, the mayor's driver. Where is he? Where's who? The mayor? He just went... No, Brannigan. What? Well, Sergeant Jeffries and I think he's hiding out in the house across the... In the, the kitchen, officer. Thank huh? you. All right, Brannigan, come on out or I'm coming in. Huh? Hey, what the... Oh, no, you don't. Drop that gun, you. Oh, darn you. You shot a hole right in my sandwich. Hey, cut that out, officer. That's Sergeant Jeffries. No, dearie. That's Bullets Brannigan. Take him away, officer. I'll do that, and many thanks for the tip, oh, man. Come on. Oh, take it easy, buddy. Well, I'll be a... You mean that guy was Brannigan all the time? What did you think? Just part of the time? Yeah, but how? I mean, why? I mean, well, gee whiz. How'd you know he wasn't a real cop? It was very simple. Huh? He passed the sideboard in the dining room half a dozen times and never even took an apple. Now that it's so often wet and muddy outdoors, how do you manage to keep your kitchen floor so nice and clean? Well, if you're still doing it the hard way, my suggestion is that you try using Johnson's Glow Coat. You'll find it will save you hours of work. You see, this most popular of all floor polishes forms a tough, protective wax film that keeps dirt away from the actual surface of the linoleum. You simply wipe this smooth, shining surface with a damp cloth. Right away, the mud and dirt and spilled things completely disappear. 
At the same time, Glowcoat's tough, invisible film protects linoleum from wear and tear so that it lasts far longer. And Glowcoat is easy to use. There's no rubbing or buffing. You just apply and let dry. Glowcoat shines as it dries. Doesn't streak either. In only 20 minutes, your floor is clean and sparkling and all ready to use. Why not take a tip from millions of other women and get some Johnson self-polishing glow coat this week? Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to pay our respects to the late Marlon Hurt, who endeared himself to millions on this program as Beulah. And who went on to make new friends as the star of his own program. We know you will all miss the laughter that Marlon gave you. And we who worked with him will all miss him as a friend, a gentleman, and a great performer. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.